this is Stacey Hillier and you are listening to the Prophetic Collective Podcast. Well, hey listeners, it is so good to have you back with us today for a brand new episode of The Potty. And this week we are continuing to dissect and discuss, I sound scientific, but I'm very far from it, a prophetic word released over 2023 by prophet Jeremiah Johnson. And his prophetic word was entitled The Clash at the Gates. It is powerful and you will find a link to the video of that prophetic word in your show notes today. And for the last three weeks, we've been breaking this word down into sections and I've been chatting with friends who have authority and passion in the area discussed so that we can apply, pray and see this word come to pass. We know that we love to do that from 1 Timothy 1, 18 and this is one of the ways I'm helping you do that. So I think we're actually already seeing some of this word fulfilled in our churches and across the earth and Today, we're going to discuss what I believe is one of the most important topics that were prophesied about in this significant word, and that is the purity of prophets. This is an area that I'm absolutely passionate about, and the friend that I have with me today is also passionate about it, but also renowned for his own purity in the prophetic. It is my pleasure and honor to introduce my friend, Steve McCracken. Steve and his wife, Sally, are prophets who travel all across Australia and the world, ministering to the body of Christ with purity, integrity, longevity, passion, biblical wisdom. They're also just really kind people. They are involved in David McCracken Ministries and are a vital part of the Eagle's Nest at Numa Church. Steve has been writing a daily devotion for over a decade now, which lands in people's inboxes, bringing prophetic insight, encouragement and life. But it is my absolute honour to welcome my friend, Prophet Steve McCracken. Well, thank you so much, uh, (laughs) Stacey. The joy and privilege is absolutely mine. And I know this is your thing, but I want to start by giving honour to whom honour is due, thinking about it coming on, you delight the Father's heart. You bless my heart. You bless Sally's heart. You steward the gift of God so well in your life, and you truly are a mother in the prophetic, and you set us all up to flourish in God. So thank you so much for the privilege of being here. That's so kind of you, Steve. I am learning from the best. I'd love it if you could tell us a little bit about what God has you doing across our nation, across the earth right now. What's burning in you? What's he doing? Yes, yeah, so, so much. But the succinct answer to that is that Sally and I are privileged to share Father's heart mm. in every environment. It, yeah. it, not a cliche, but that's really what we're called to do. And it's, mm-hmm. it's such a privilege to partner with what father is doing and saying in any given moment Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's sharing a prophetic word over an individual sometimes it's declaring something over a church sometimes it's breaking open the word and and bringing divinely uh, led revelation truth from the word sometimes it's laying hands on sick people seeing them healed sometimes it's releasing the glory of god on people sometimes it's just loving on them one-on-one yes and 
my my what I'm trying to convey is we don't go to do a certain thing mm. in any given environment. We go simply to see what Father's doing in that moment, saying in that moment, mm. and literally being his expression, his heartbeat. And I think it's about portraying his heart more than it is about just speaking his words. Yes. And so, you know, we've just come back from a weekend and the comment that I heard repeated on the Sunday, because we had Friday, Saturday and Sunday, mm-hmm. was my life is completely changed wow. by encountering God and his Father's heart and love. Wow. And I think that's what it's about. It's not about an inspiring message or even mm-hmm. a brilliant prophetic word. Mm-hmm. If people can encounter the heart of the Father mm-hmm. and their lives are changed, then I smile. Oh, I love that. And I personally have experienced the Father's heart through you and Sally, not just in prophetic words over my life, but in moments where you've said, we're not going to go do what we'd planned to do. We need to just sit and be here with you. And I'm so grateful for your purity in the prophetic, both you and Sally. We're looking today at one prophetic word in particular. And I wondered though, before we get to that, if you would like to share what you believe is on God's heart for now, particularly for the prophets. Sure. Uh, And it's not a segue into I know where we're going. You've already said from the top there's about pure prophets uh, yeah. but this is the honest truthful answer to your question of what I feel is on father's heart for prophets yes. on October 19th last year so about mm-hmm. three and a half months ago I was on day three of a three-day water only fast for my first time I've ever done a water only wow. fast mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have a lot of reserves I, I normally do fast where I eat you know skip meals and mm-hmm. but I was deep in spirit and on the third day I found myself praying to God what God had placed in my heart so this was not mm-hmm. something I was asking him for mm-hmm. it was him prophetically declaring something into me that I was like offering back to him as wow. a prayer does that make sense absolutely and this is what I found myself praying that day and it has not left me since and it's gone deeper and I believe it's his word for the prophets mm-hmm. and it was this Lord I want to be a pure prophet wow pure in integrity pure in expression pure in motivation. And the Lord showed me that pure means no mixture, Mm. nothing added, nothing subtracted. If you get pure gold, it's not mixed with another thing Mm. to make it cheaper, to make it more accessible. We don't need it more accessible. We need it more pure. And Father wants his prophets to represent him accurately. That's his heart. Yeah. It's not get the words right. Yes. It's not get just the tone right or to make people happy, mm-hmm. it's purity in the prophetic. And the other thing I feel that Father wants to say to prophets right now is I'm looking for mothers and fathers in the prophetic. Yes. Not just teachers and trainers and even equippers, mm-hmm. but mothers and fathers. What yes. I believe in my own life, a couple months off 50 now, and I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm stepping into, I believe, a deeper level of being a father, mm-hmm. spiritual father. But even in the prophetic, we need mothers and fathers, mm-hmm. not just teachers, trainers and equippers, ones that really reflect the father's heart, connect people with the father. And mm-hmm. that's what I feel he wanted to say, purity and mothers and fathers. 
Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it, Steve. That is resonating so strongly with me. In fact, I feel the presence of the Lord as we talk about purity in the prophetic and about mothers and fathers, because these things are the Lord's heart himself. He is passionate about pure prophets. It almost would feel like in the Lord's mouth an oxymoron for there to be an impure prophet, because it's certainly not his intention. But we could go on a tangent right now, but we're going to get to all the things about pure prophets because this is our jam, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so we're actually going to take a listen now to an excerpt from Jeremiah Johnson's prophetic word, The Clash at the Gates. And I do want to state that this prophecy is being used with the express written permission of Alter Global, and I thank them for that. What you are about to hear are the words of this prophecy, but not the voice of Jeremiah himself. So let's take a listen. Pure prophets. I saw a massive earthquake hit the global prophetic movement. God said, no longer will I tolerate the spirit of Balaam among prophets any longer. For I am confronting the hidden greed and bribery in many hearts and separating my pure ones from the impure. I saw such noticeable and distinct difference coming in 2023 concerning the prophets. Jeremiah 23 is the chapter for the prophets in 2023. Agendas and motives will be exposed like never before. There is a clear invitation from heaven to the prophets concerning those who want to prophesy from pure motives and those who have evil intentions. I saw a unique emphasis on healthy marriage and family among prophetic companies that will bring tremendous spirit of revival and unity. Texas is carrying a special grace upon it for pure prophetic companies to emerge and build new wineskins. So, Steve, the Lord uses this phrase through the prophet Jeremiah, not the biblical one this time, Jeremiah Johnson. He says, no longer will I tolerate the spirit of Balaam among prophets any longer, for I am confronting the hidden greed and bribery in many hearts and separating my pure ones from the impure. I mean, the Lord is not messing with words here, is he? Mm. I want to talk for a moment for those who are listening who are like, what's the spirit of Balaam? What is being referred to here, Steve? Yeah, it's... You're right, it's strong language, you know. Yeah. I think one of the alignments that's coming in the body of Christ at the moment is the mm-hmm. fact that God can be very strong and directive while still being pure love. Yes. And we must not reduce love down to weak. Yes. Love is strong because it's strength that actually empowers. Oh, good. And so what is he talking about here? The spirit of Balaam is wonderful because it, through you invited me on this, I, I read through the story of Fresh and things like yeah. that, and it's really not what it seems on the surface, yeah, or even what people talk about. So Jeremiah Johnson says, agendas and motives will be exposed mm-hmm. like never before. There is a clear invitation from heaven to the prophets concerning those who want to prophesy from pure motives and those who have evil intentions. So the words mm-hmm. he focuses on here is agendas, motives, intentions. Yes. This is not talking about the substance or the expression of prophetic words or even the accuracy of the prophetic words, but the motivation of the one giving the word. Yes. That's what he's honing in on. Mm -hmm. 
And Balaam's expression, if you read the the three chapters there, his expression was accurate. The three mm-hmm. times he prophesied at Balak's request against the Israelites, he said exactly what God has said. That was not Balaam's error. He had accuracy of words. And we've wow. got to guard against impurity just means the words off. The word can be on and it can still be an impure prophet because it was his motivation. Wow. That was actually impure. This mm-hmm. is what made him impure. In Jude 1 11, it writes, Woe to them, they have taken the way of Cain, they have rushed for profit <laughs> into Balaam's error. So, where did Balaam's sin start? In, in Numbers 22, verse 20 to 22 in the New King James, it says, And God came to Balaam at night and said to him, If the men come to call you. These are men that were already there, that are already mm-hmm. going to ask, but he's going to bed that night. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'll see what the Lord says. And he says, if they come to you in the morning, rise and go with them. Mm-hmm. But only the word which I speak to you that you shall do. Mm-hmm. And then it says, so Balaam just rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey and went with the prince of Moab. Then God's anger was aroused because he went. And that's where we go into the story of the donkey talking. And you think, hang on. God said, you can go. So why is he getting angry because he went? He said, no, go if they come to you. Yeah. They didn't come to him. Mm. He goes, man, if I go there, this guy, Balak, has promised me lots of money mm-hmm. if I go. And it's very similar to Elisha's servant, Gehazi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he went back and said, oh, no, the servant does, my master does want money. It was Judas Iscariot, what will you give me? And the entitlement of what can I get from this Wow, is about motivation, not expression. Oof. And that's why it's got to be integrity, expression, and motivation. But where we see Balaam coming undone is actually in his motivation. But, but Stacey, it doesn't stop there because in Revelation 2.14, it says, nevertheless, talking to the one of the churches in Revelation I have a few things against you. There are some among you who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who Mm -hmm. taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin so that they ate food, sacrificed to idols, and committed sexual immorality. This was later on. This was afterwards. (laughs) And it's, it's, it's scary because I, I pray this translates on this podcast. The words that he prophesied three times were accurate, Mm -hmm. direct from God. Mm -hmm. But the motivation was for gain, financial gain, that then led to him actually teaching the enemy, Balak, how to entice God's people into sin. Wow. We're talking about derailed completely at the end, and he actually ends up getting killed by the Israelites, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so where we see people derailed, it was it's not normally a polluted gift expression. It's actually a defiled heart position. Oh, oh, Steve, you're on fire. And I feel the fire of the Lord right now because so much of even our prophetic training is about the gift, the gift, the gift, the gift, the gift. 
instead of the heart, the purity of the heart, the purity of the vessel. And I think that's one of the changes we're actually going to see from Fivefold Prophets Mm -hmm. is that there will be this whole emphasis on the purity of the vessel over the wow of the gift. Yes, and and that's why the mothers and fathers is so important. Yes. We think in the natural. Mothers and fathers can parent two ways. They can parent by just addressing behavior or they can parent by teaching and training the heart. Mm -hmm. You translate that to the spiritual. You can have people equipping people in the prophetic by just focusing on the expression, the behavior, the gift, as it were. Mm -hmm. Or you can train the heart, develop the heart. Yes. So that they can then, when mum and dad aren't around, still honour the gift. Yes. Because the heart's right. Oh, beautiful. So, Steve, what do you think the Lord is saying here? What is he looking for from his prophets? Purity of integrity and expression mm-hmm. and motivation. Mm-hmm. Integrity, purity of integrity is that my private life and my public life are one they're congruent yes that that's essential the purity of the expression that what comes out of my mouth when i am prophesying is from god not from me Mm -hmm. purity of motivation why am i doing what i am doing i i felt the lord just say further to me an impure prophet is a prophet who prophesies what people want to hear Mm -hmm and prophesies for personal gain or recognition. Can mm-hmm. I say that again? Mm-hmm. And a pure prophet is, is, don't go by the words, the accuracy of the words. Mm-hmm. Now, that is important, but we focus too much on that. An impure prophet is a prophet who prophesies what people want to hear. And the Bible tells us in the last days that's going to happen more and more. Mm-hmm. Or they prophesy for personal gain or recognition. Mm-hmm. But a pure prophet is a prophet who prophesies what God is saying <laughs> while revealing Father's heart. Yes. It's a game changer. Mm-hmm. Revelation 2 and 3, we hear the repeated phrase, you know it so well, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to yes. the churches. Mm-hmm. We've got to make sure it's, it's not whoever has ears, let them hear what they want to hear the Spirit <laughs> Say it. We have reduced the prophetic down to what people want to hear, even confirmation of what I am thinking, rather than revelation of what God is saying. Yes. That purity is based in the fact that God authored this. God is saying this. God is doing this. Jesus himself. There's one scripture, John 5, 19. Mm. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself, which is a big statement. He's the son of God. Mm-hmm. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. Mm-hmm. If we followed that, mm-hmm. we'd only have pure prophets. Yes, and if we focus on the purity of the well, what comes out of the well will be pure. Yes. If we focus on only what comes out of the well being pure, we're approaching it all upside down and the wrong way around. But it's very a worldly way to focus on the externals rather than the internals, isn't it? Absolutely. So, Steve, let's put some handles on this for all of the prophetic people listening. 
How can they apply what we're talking about? What should they be pursuing in their own personal lives to protect the purity of the prophetic? Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And I think a key word is the word pursuing. Yes. God is looking for some lovers that pursue him. Yes. Not just people that... There's a mentality that I come across quite a lot and you've no doubt come across it as well Mm. in different churches. It's almost like if God wants to bless me, he can. If God wants to speak to me, he can. And (laughs) and it's almost like, no, do you want to go after it? Those that hunger and thirst, Mm -hmm. those that pursue. And so pursuing is a is a really important word. And there's three things that come to my mind if if our personal lives and our public lives are, are going to be congruent with each other and honor Father. The first is, I heard this phrase, intimacy with God must always precede instructions from God. Yes. So the instructions from God is even the prophetic words that he gives. It's Mm -hmm. going to be based from this intimacy. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a, it should be a redundant statement for us all because we, of course, we know that but we don't often do that or we drift away from it. Yes. Most people don't turn their back on intimacy with God. They just drift away by busyness. And and so I I just think there's a call back to keep the intimacy with God a priority. But the second thing is based around God's word. And, and, And I believe that God is calling us to pursue a saturation in, a memorization of, and a meditation on God's word. Yes. God's word is our foundation. It's one of our core values. Um, But a purity of a prophet can often be linked to their time, their focus, their approach to God's written word, the Bible. Yes. And David himself said, I've hidden your word in my heart. Mm. There's a a memorization. I, I thank God that I got raised as a child memorizing scripture every week and i and it comes back to me now the lord said to me steve i can only bring back to your remembrance what you have stored up in your heart good we want the holy ghost to supernaturally give us scripture no he goes no you store it up jesus Mm -hmm. when he was 12 and then when he declared in matthew it is written it is written it is written at the time of his temptation in the wilderness it was only the Holy Spirit bringing back to his remembrance what he had stored up. Mm-hmm. So I want to encourage every prophetic person, you cannot get enough of God's word on the inside of you. Yes. And not to be able to recite it, but to be able to know the author of it. Yes. The purpose of God's word is not for us to know what God said, but to know the one who is speaking. Yes. It is so essential. And and the third thing I, I really think we need to pursue and God's really restoring to the church in this season is full and quick obedience to God. Mm-hmm. If God says something, he's not opening a discussion about a topic. <laughs> he's calling sons and daughters who are not servants but friends yeah. to obey fully because we trust that he is for us, that he knows best. Mm-hmm recently said that we don't know best god knows best yes and the one of the signs of spiritual maturity is the quickness between hearing and obeying yes if we hear god speak and we debate it for six weeks and then we obey don't pride ourselves on the fact that we obeyed we (laughs) need to take a look at the fact Uh that six weeks to say yes (laughs) (laughs) i know this is in some ways a bit weighty and 
some would even say this is almost legalistic. We've got to reclaim what the devil has sabotaged. Mm -hmm. And the devil has made God this withholding, controlling person Mm -hmm. that is trying to almost manipulate us into doing. No, he is a loving father who knows us better than we know ourselves. He wants the best for us. Mm-hmm. But sometimes he, many times he will ask us, no, no, I change that. He will tell us yes. to do things that interrupt our schedule, our plans, our desires, our passions. And he will say, will you obey me? Yes. Not will you just worship me? One of the greatest expressions of a worship is obedience. And yes. so I think that we need to pursue intimacy, the word, and obedience. You know, recently, Steve, you shared a word with our church that I thought was so profound and applies to this purity and the prophetic. Because I hear a lot of prophets say, the Lord is inviting you to. There is an invitation before us today when often the Lord is giving an instruction. But we switch that language to invitation because we feel it's more palatable. Yeah. And this is exactly what we're talking about. If the Lord gives an instruction, give an instruction. That's right. (laughs) The the invitation, I think if you drill it down to the bottom line and the purity of this thing. Yes. Before you're saved, there's an invitation. Yes. To accept Christ. Once Mm -hmm. you're saved, they're all instructions. (laughs) Because I am not my own. I've been bought with a price. Mm Mm-hmm. I no longer live, Christ lives in us. Mm-hmm. Everything after salvation is probably actually an instruction, not an invitation. Yes. Yeah. God doesn't say something and goes, now you think about it, you weigh it up, you see if you want to do it or not do it. Mm-hmm. Even when he called the disciples, he didn't say, hey, would you guys like to come and journey with me and learn from me? Would you like to go? How about you go and think and pray about it for a week and then come back? He just said, come follow me, walked off, turned around, expecting them to follow because it was an instruction, not an invitation. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, The next section of this prophetic word talks about Jeremiah 23 is the chapter for the prophets in 2023. This wrecked me. Agendas and motives will be exposed like never before. There is a clear invitation from heaven to the prophets concerning those who want to prophesy from pure motives and those who have evil intentions. Steve, perhaps if we just give a bit of a summary of Jeremiah 23 before we chat a bit further. So God's referring here, or the word through Jeremiah is about verses 9 onwards where the prophet is addressing lying prophets. Mm. So he's speaking of ungodly priests and prophets and the effect of this on the people, that they're living in a dried up land because people aren't Uh, restoring or actually protecting purity of the prophetic, even pursuing it. So he says that their evil has reached God's house and he declares that he will bring disaster upon these prophets and priests who were prophesying by other gods and leading his people astray. So in Jerusalem, he refers to prophets who commit adultery and lie, strengthening the hands of evildoers. His language in verse 14, I'm going to read it. It's so strong. It says, they have become like Sodom to me and its inhabitants like Gomorrah. So he accuses them of prophesying with their own minds, not revelation from the mouth of God, and they are violating God's character and covenant. Verses 21 to 22 says, I did not send the prophets, yet they ran. I did not speak to them 
yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, then they would have proclaimed my words to my people and they would have turned from their evil way and from the evil of their deeds. This is so sobering, Steve, because the prophets were lying and saying things like, I've dreamed, I've had a dream, I dreamed this. But he's looking for prophets to speak his word faithfully, not adding to it, not subtracting to it or subtracting from it. Why is this so important, not just in this passage, but for us as we prophesy today? Well, I feel the weight of God right now. And I pray it translates. Mm -hmm. And I release it right now by the Spirit to every listener. Mm -hmm. Before I answer it, how I feel to lean in, what I'm drawn to even this, the sobering nature of what you've just read, mm-hmm. which was God speaking. Mm-hmm. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm-hmm. we got to make sure, oh, praise God, we got to make sure we do not have an Old Testament God and a New Testament God, mm-hmm. as in two different gods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never said that before. i never thought about that before. I just feel the weight of this. Yep. It's the same God. Mm-hmm. And... Where I want to push in just for a moment as as I lean into answering your question, I'm drawn to the glory of the Lord. Mm. I think we've seen a lot of God's power. I think one of the greatest returns in this season, in these last days, is the return of the glory. Yes. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory Mm -hmm. of the Lord, Habakkuk 2.14. And the word glory literally means the weight. Yeah. What you've just read to us was God bringing something weighty. And I feel I literally I could just start praying in the tongues right now. I could just (laughs) release something. I just want to release on every listener the weight, the majesty, the weight of the glory of the Lord. Mm -hmm. We need an encounter with that. It's weighty. It's weighty. If we always speak from a place of, at very close proximity with the weightiness of God, we will not be so flippant, so casual, so careless. Yes. And so why is it important that what you're saying here, that we about how we prophesy today, not adding, not subtracting, mm. very simply, it's because it's always about accurately representing God. Yes. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. We are to accurately represent God. We're not to wow someone with a word. We're to accurately represent God. There are fine lines in all of this. Yeah, yeah. But in some ways, the fine lines are wide chasms. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yep. The Bible talks phrases like it's a little sleep, a little slumber, a little fold in the, arm, the hands, the, uh, the little fox, the little yeast, the little living. <laughs> it's the little that derails. Wow. We guard against the little. Mm-hmm. We don't have to try to mend or fix the large. Mm-hmm. And during the night, two nights ago, Stacy, just two nights ago, I was awake in the middle of the night and the Lord said to me, he spoke to me and he said, my mandate is to sound a clear call back to God. Mm-hmm. That's my mandate. Mm-hmm. To sound a clear call back to God. And that's what... Jesus said about John the Baptist, he's the greatest among those born of women. Mm. Why? 
because he pointed to God accurately. Yes. Hold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins mm-hmm. of the world. But how did he do it? That says of him two things. He came to prepare a way for the Lord mm-hmm. and to make straight paths for him. If we live in a time that needs straight paths being declared by prophets of God, it's now. Yeah. But as the Lord said to me when I started out and accepted the call to be a prophet in 2006, and he said, Steve, do not speak my word if you cannot convey my heart. We need prophets that not only have a purity of expression, but a purity of motivation where the words of God are heard, but the face of God is seen. I just want to pick up briefly on Jeremiah 23, 21 and 22, mm. because 21 is impure prophets and mm. 22 is pure prophets. And, and I just want to read it from the, the NIV here. This is what it says. I did not send these prophets. you got a key right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yet they have run with their message, message mm-hmm. their message. Mm-hmm. I did not speak to them, yet they have prophesied. Mm-hmm. That's impurity. God didn't speak. Now, I I just want to drill down for a moment. If God has spoken something to us and we 95% say what God has said and then we add 5%, Mm -hmm. we're stepping from the pure into the impure. God doesn't need our addition to make a prophetic world sound more flamboyant or palatable. But then verse 22 is the pure prophets. But if they had stood in my counsel, they would have proclaimed my words mm-hmm. to my people. Listen mm-hmm. to God's language. My, stood in my counsel, yep. proclaimed my words to my people, not, mm-hmm. not their message, yes. my message to my people. What's the result? And they would have turned them from their evil ways and from their evil yeah. deeds. And I had a look at the word counsel there uh, in in the strongs and you know what it says it says if they had stood in my council it literally two things it means a session of sitting down in intimacy with isn't that beautiful stacy if they had stood in that place of having a session of sitting in intimacy with me Mm. but the other thing stacy which is what I'm so pleased to be a part of with you and at Numa is a company of persons in close deliberation yes i love it oh hallelujah praise the lord if they had taken time and had a session in intimacy with my heart then they would have only spoken what they received from it and if they had taken the time to be in close deliberation with other people there's no such thing as a new testament 2023 lone ranger prophet yes my dad has always said isolation breeds error Yes. You cannot wow. you cannot stay in truth by yourself mm-hmm. because God himself doesn't exist in the singular as the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Together they are this perfect truth. Mm-hmm. We're created in his image. We're one body fitly joined together. So I, I just want to say if it's not God, then it's not prophetic. <laughs> Well, by definition, absolutely. But we, uh, I'll say more in a moment, but I'll leave it at that right now. If it's not God, it's not prophetic. That's right, because if there's no revelation to report, it's not 
prophecy. <laughs> so I want to talk for a minute because this is an observation that I make in developing prophets, uh-huh. developing prophetic ministries, people who are learning to operate in the spiritual gift of prophecy, that often they can prophesy from the soul realm. So when we're talking about the soul, we're talking about mind, will, and emotion. So I'm talking here about making human observations, not receiving divine revelation. Talk to me a little bit about what it looks like to prophesy from the soul realm. All right. Okay. We're just going to hit this one on the head, right? Um, (laughs) Because it's so true. I have done it. Stacey, I have done it. Yep. I've done it many times. Yep. Uh, And I'm just being honest because. Me too. all of us have. Yep. And we have to even now guard against it. Yes. So let me download what I feel the Father would say. Mm-hmm. Firstly, from God's perspective, okay? From God's perspective, prophesying and from the soul realm are not compatible. Yep. They're oxymorons. Yes. <laughs> so let's just get that. Because we talk about what, you know, we're talking about what, what does it look like to prophesy from the soul realm. In God's perspective, you can't. You can't. Yep. So I just want to set that up. Good. We do, but then you we can ask what's actually going on there. Yes. Um, so a scripture that Father led me to is Hebrews 11.1, 1, so well known. Yep. Your King James. Now, faith is the substance of things hopeful or expected, mm-hmm. and it is the evidence of things not seen. So let me make a couple of statements. Prophesying from the soul is about prophesying what you naturally see. Mm-hmm. It is prophesying what makes sense naturally. Mm-hmm. You see someone, you just look at them and you draw conclusions. Not not intentionally, not from a bad motivation, but you draw conclusions about their personality or what they would do or not yeah. do. We have all done this. Mm-hmm. But that is not prophecy. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't help the person. Yet. It is faith that pleases God, and faith is based in what we do not see. Good. It's really everything you're asking, it truly is simple, but we want it to be more complicated. Mm -hmm. We've just got to come back to God's way. Faith pleases God. Faith is based in what we do not see. And think about it. The world has made faith some sort of just vague, out there, can't put your finger on it, vain Mm -hmm. hope. (laughs) Listen to the language. Faith is substance and faith is evidence. Yeah. Yep. People say, do do you hear what I'm saying? It's like, no, no, no. Faith is almost the enemy or the opposite of substance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) God has spoken to me recently and said, there's spiritual and there is natural. Mm-hmm. But we have reduced natural down to the reality and spiritual down to figurative or symbolic. And the Lord said to me that the spiritual is the actually the greater the reality yes. than the natural. Yes. It's not symbolic. It's not figurative. It's literal. Mm-hmm. I'm a new creation is not some symbolic thing. It's truth. It's yes. reality. Yep. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. Come on, if we can mm-hmm. approach God's throne of grace, mm-hmm. there's a literal reality mm-hmm. to this that we need to understand. And so prophesying from what we do not see pleases God. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in reality, it's the only form of prophecy that is actually legitimate to God. 
prophesying from the soul realm robs people of father's supernatural intention. Mm-hmm. I'll say that again, prophesying from the soul realm, and I've done it, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not judging anyone. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm trying to make it clear, Stacey, so mm-hmm. that everyone can be equipped and empowered forward. Yes. It robs people of father's supernatural intention. Yes. When we prophesy from the soul realm, we are being a thief of God's eternal will and purpose in someone's life. Mm. When we prophesy from the soul realm, we are putting a lid of limitation on someone, Mm. whether by not speaking the grandness of God's limited, limitless reality. In other words, we we see and we think, no, they couldn't, they they couldn't aspire to, they couldn't actually do this. Mm. That God is saying because of what we naturally see. We mm-hmm. are robbing them by placing a lid of limitation that God says, come on, this is based on what you do not see. But conversely, we can actually put a lid on someone by speaking something beyond God's intention, and thus we set people up for guaranteed failure. Wow. When we prophesy from the soul and we get carried away, let's let's just say this as it is. When we get God gives us a nugget of something, we start to speak and we're in the spirit, but then from there it's almost like the spirit stopped, but we keep on going. You've been there before? I've yeah. been there before. Yeah. When we keep on going, we start to then speak things from our soul, not from the spirit of God, and we will often at that point say things that are beyond Father's intention mm-hmm. that they take as a word from God. Mm-hmm. And we are sometimes sending people up for 10, 20, yep. 30, 40 years of yep. disappointment and a sense of failure. And I want to say that prophesying fully in the spirit is the only legitimate and pure way to prophesy. If God gives you literally three words to speak mm-hmm. and you speak those three words and then the spirit stops, but you, you think, but hang on, that's not enough for the person I gave the previous person mm-hmm. five minutes. So I need to elaborate on this. I beg you, I almost command you mm-hmm. to not do that mm-hmm. because you're stepping from the spirit into the flesh from what you do not see into what you do see, and there's an impurity of motivation because I don't want them to think bad of me. Yes. It's got nothing to do with me. It's about passing. We are male men. We are passed the package on. We don't yes. open the mail. We don't add to the letter that's written there. We don't rip it up go, I don't like that letter. Give a different letter. Mm-hmm. No, we just receive and we pass it on in the purity. If God says go for five minutes, you better go for five minutes. Mm-hmm. God says, say three words and then stop, say three words and then stop. And please, prophesy from the soul realm, don't interpret, try to interpret a word that doesn't make sense to someone mm. and try to be helpful if it's not the spirit yes. of God. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's an element of the mystery mm. that is an invitation into greater intimacy. Yes. That we rob people of mm-hmm. by trying to answer the questions that they should be asking God mm-hmm. and not just hearing from us. Oh, it's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And this is good medicine, what we're talking about. So just uh, stay open because this does actually mean, Steve, there are times when we should not prophesy. Do you want to talk about that for a moment? Absolutely. We must be clear on the distinction between godly counsel and prophecy. Mm-hmm. 
we must not step into manipulation with the the Lord says. That's right. My dad has always said this, and again, I've I've meant the second time I've referenced my dad, David McCracken. That's because he's my natural father, my spiritual father, mm. my mentor, my hero, the one I follow mm. as he follows Christ. And, and a pure, pure prophet. Pure. Oh my goodness! Thank mm. you, Father, for my dad. Mm. And, but he has often said that sometimes when we see people that are struggling in life or maybe that they're not they're not running as we think they should be mm-hmm. we can very subtly almost come with a prophetic word but we know all the stuff going on mm-hmm. and when it, it could have been just godly counsel we have a conversation and say yes. hey i think you should consider this we almost add a prophetic word nature to it yeah. so we're adding a weight that god hasn't given mm-hmm. It's, it's manipulation. Yep. It's it control. Mm-hmm. It's wrong. So if you know something in the natural, then it must not be uttered as if it was received by divine revelation. Mm-hmm. Many times when I've traveled around churches, there might be someone that I know mm-hmm. in the church, and I know some of their life story. Mm-hmm. Every time I prophesy over someone that I know in a, in a context of a situation and I want to speak into a situation that I not have knowledge of I always verbally say that in front of the whole church mm-hmm. hey I know this person and I know a bit of this story okay. in their life so I want to say that for the sake of integrity I say that from the front yes that said I just felt God very clearly say something to me so I just want to pass it on yeah and I say the thing and I bless them beautiful so I have made it clear I know stuff naturally mm-hmm. but I feel God is saying something spiritually and I say it not as a thus saith the Lord but this is what I feel and so I submit that to you on your journey yes uh, just language is very important so important so, so important. There's such a purity to exactly what you're saying. Mm. In our last few minutes, Steve, because we could talk for days actually about this and maybe we should sometime. Yeah. <laughs> but I found the next part of the word so fascinating because mm. if the Lord is addressing it and calling it up, it means there is something that is not pleasing his heart in this area. And I have linked a video actually to a discussion with Haley Braun and Chris Vallotton from Bethel Church in today's show notes because they actually have just released a video that's titled Why Family is Vital for Prophetic Reformation. And I encourage people to have a look at that. But here in this word from Jeremiah Johnson, the Lord says, I saw a unique emphasis on healthy marriage and family among prophetic companies that will bring a tremendous spirit of revival and unity. So in our last few minutes together, Steve, I want to talk about healthy marriage and family amongst prophetic companies. I know you've grown up with one of the best models on the planet in this with your parents, David and Margaret McCracken. I honour them. I thank them for the slipstream that we walk in in this nation. And I know you told me once a story about your father coming back from overseas because you needed him. Would you mind sharing that story with our listeners today? Oh, I'd be honoured to. And just before I say that, you know, the Bible says, husbands, like, love your wives. And Jesus said, I'll build my church. Yeah. Where we get off track is where we we ask God (laughs) to love our family while we build the church. Oh, Steve, that's so good. So, uh, and I heard that years ago from someone, it stuck with me. And I just, let's not do something different to what God has said and then mm-hmm. ask him to 
listen, let's just do what he said. Mm. And family is so important. Yeah, and this is when I was, I think I was about 16, living mm. in New Zealand at the time. I was a youth leader. I know that's young, but it's just a reality. I was there a youth, and I had all these, and Dad was in Australia at the time ministering. And uh, I had all these accusations come against me and things that were untrue, and it was attacking my character. Mm-hmm. And and I, I'm a sensitive bloke and back there. Mm. I, I was just in tears. I was gutted that people yeah. were saying this about me. And Dad, as he always did when he was traveling, called in and was speaking on the phone. And I, I talked to him and I shared my heart and I got Terry and all that sort of yeah. stuff. And then I went to bed that night and uh, woke up the next morning, got up, came upstairs to the breakfast table, and Dad is there. It's like, what are you doing? Because I knew he was away, meant to be ministry. Yeah. And he says, I could tell that you really needed me. So I called around, got someone else to do the meetings for me, called someone off holidays to do the meetings for me so that I could come home and be with you. Wow. Never forgotten all the days of my life. No. But I tell you what, even one other quick story, mm. Dad had always said to my mum, you're number one, you're number one. You're number one even before the ministry in the church, you're number one. Yeah. And one day um, there's a there's an elders meeting and there's a phone call gets put through from my mum. <laughs> yeah. And it all was, I need you to come home. And and he's like, what's wrong, what's wrong? I, I just need you to come home. I need you to come home. So he turned to the elders and said, my wife needs me. So I need to go home and see her. Uh, you need to continue without me. Went home, walks in the door. What's wrong? What's wrong? My mum said, nothing. I just wanted to see if you really meant it, that I'm more important than the church. <laughs> now, I don't recommend you always do this and stuff like that. But to this day, we all remember that. Mm. It's easy to say it. Yep. But in that moment, I have cancelled trips. I've been overseas and cancelled trips and come home when mm. my family really needed me. Mm-hmm. It's not about copying out. This is not about, you know, just doing it for no, for small things. Mm-hmm. But putting family first is imperative for longevity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I was sharing with you and Sally recently, this is just something I'm working out at the moment and mm-hmm. really readdressing and the Lord is speaking to me about and For me this year, I've put in place new daily rhythms. I'm not in the office doing my job till midday or my job because it's important to me that I have the morning taking the children to school and having conversation with them and then coming home and spending time in intimacy with the Lord before I go and try and run meetings and make decisions and do what God has called me to do. I've also got new travel rhythms this year that actually were established out of meeting with the kids saying, what do you need? What makes you feel safe and connected? How often do you feel connected? And they actually mentioned, well, we wish we could feel a bit more a part of it because now that they're a bit older, it's harder to FaceTime and get everyone all at once. I've got to do like five separate FaceTimes. So they actually talked about, we'd like to come with you sometimes. So we mapped out my trips, my husband's trips for the year, and each of them are coming on an overseas trip that they're so excited about, that's special to them. It's, is it a sacrifice of resource? You could look at it that way, but I'm just seeing it as such an investment. And I'm just really working on, I'm going to be really honest in this moment. Mm. My husband and I are in a new accountability group and they asked me just five days ago, what's your struggle right now? And they were not letting it go. They're looking at me. What is your struggle right now? And 
I had just come off leading worship, leading a revival night the night before that had gone very late. I got home. Two of my young men were still awake and I absolutely gave them my leftovers. I gave my best to worship leading the church and the people who needed prayer afterwards who, you know, followed me all the way to my car. (laughs) And there were my children sitting there, needed to connect with their mother, and I had nothing to give them. And so I'm talking to this group about I need to stay accountable about this. I need the Lord to help me with this. I need to do things to be better at this. I need to apologize to my children. So, you know, I think that even just being honest about sometimes what this looks like, where we get it right, where we get it wrong is so important. Would you like to share anything on that, Steve? I I do. I want to first of all say thank you for your honesty and transparency because I think that's also something that Father is really bringing back. Yeah. And I honor you for inviting people into that space of Mm. being accountable not to control but to protect to to look after Mm -hmm. and when i read that and heard you say that i was reminded of the time and i would say this would be somewhere 12 Mm -hmm. maybe about 12 years ago several years into traveling full-time and i remember very specifically one day sally and i sat down on the couch and her words to me, I just came back so clearly. Mm-hmm. She, she actually said these words probably about a dozen years ago, Stacey. Mm-hmm. You give your best to others and you give your leftovers to me. Mm-hmm. And she was right. Mm-hmm. And, and she pointed out, and it was like, a, I so thank God that she was caring enough and loving enough to do that. She said, I know you, you're tired, you do lots and all that sort of stuff, but if someone called now, you would pick yourself up to answer the phone. Mm-hmm. Or if you needed to go to a meeting, you'd pick yourself up for a meeting, but you can just be blah and at home and she's the most important person in my life mm-hmm. and I'm giving leftovers to her. So from that day on, not perfect, I, but I have intentionally about it to the point that if I'm driving home from somewhere and I needed to pull over or I take that time on the way home Mm. to shift my mind to start to think about self to start to Mm. say okay father what does she need right now or how how can I communicate my love to her how can I communicate your heart to her father give me supernatural strength and grace and I'll actually talk to myself and pray to the father so that when I walk in the room I would be walking in the room even at a higher level than I was walking into a ministry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you can't relax. It's just an intentionality. So I I just honor you for sharing that. And I've been on, I've had the exact same conversation. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Steve, because the link between the purity of the prophetic and not being pathetic at home (laughs) is actually really, really important. Today's episode has been a bit longer, but you're going to have loved every single moment of it. I know that this will be one you listen to more than once. Steve, I'd like to, in this last few minutes, for you to paint a brilliant picture of the type of prophets we can see in our spirits and also in the natural a little bit that are rising up in our nation within the fold at Numa. What do we want these developing prophets, prophetic ministries to walk in? What does their purity look like on a practical mm. level? What can you see in this company of prophets rising up in this hour? Oh, yes. Uh, I see people that are intimate with the Father's heart. 
Yeah. And I and I and again foundational, but we've got to keep on coming back to it. And I use my words carefully. Intimacy with the Father's heart. Yeah. And I please I I I, I pray people hear my heart mm-hmm. right now, the Father's heart. Mm-hmm. I didn't say just intimacy with Jesus. Yes. Yes. Intimacy with the Father's heart. Good, Steve. And I think this is something that I encourage many pastors, leaders, prophets constantly. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of them praying to Jesus, a lot of them talking about Jesus all mm-hmm. the time. And I, please, I honor and value him. There's no way to the Father except through Jesus. Yes. If you've got the Son, you've got life. If you don't have the Son of God, you don't have life. Mm-hmm. But Jesus made it clear no one comes to the Father except through me. Yes. And I feel that we're often stopping at Jesus, not coming through him to the Father. Mm-hmm. Remember Jesus wow. himself, every day he drew aside for times of intimacy, not with mm-hmm. himself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but with his Father. <laughs> yep. It's a game changer. Yep. They said, how do we pray? He goes, well, don't pray, mm. don't pray to me. Don't pray to me. Pray to our Father. Yes. I'm, that's who I'm praying to. Mm-hmm. Even now, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession to yes. the Father. Yep. The Holy Spirit's making intercession mm-hmm. with groans that cannot be uttered to the Father. Mm-hmm. I think this is a restoration of a focus on Father. Beautiful. And the intimacy with the Father mm-hmm. through Jesus, mm-hmm. by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. but to the Father. Yes. I also think that God is looking for people who are confident in God while walking in humility. Yeah. They have to go together, Stacey. Yes. I remember the time and it's just, it was a rhema word to me. I was ministering in Russia probably about a decade ago and they were lining up people (laughs) by the hundreds for me to prophesy over Mm -hmm. it. It's not something I recommend and I didn't even they didn't ask me, they just did it. And so I went with the flow five hours of prophesying by myself. And it's like I was drained and I was like, God, I don't Mm -hmm. know if we can do this. And I had a rhema word. He said, You can prophesy over anyone, anywhere, anytime. And it's not that I can, Mm -hmm. but if he called me to be a prophet and he wants to speak to people, and if it's the gifts of God, not the gifts Mm -hmm. of Steve. Then my confidence in God. Anytime you, Stacy, invite me to share or mm-hmm. speak or prophesy, or I have a confidence not in myself, but mm-hmm. I do have an un, unshakable confidence in yes. God. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be matched with the humility. Mm-hmm. It's not I can do this. I can do this. No, no, it's not me. That's right. We've got to have a confidence in God and a humility. But we also, God is looking for a pure expression of who Father has called me to be. Mm -hmm. No comparison, no fitting into a mould. I think this is a big thing, and we've had conversations, even myself and you and Mm -hmm. Sally and others, there's too much emulating others Mm -hmm. or thinking that's what the prophetic looks like or I need to say it like that or I need to preach like that. We need to get rid of all that. Yep. You know, Peter said, such as I have. Yes. I give to you. Mm-hmm. It's we've got to be, we've got to know the expression that Father has called us to be. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the David and Saul's armor. Yes. Don't wear someone else's armor. Yeah. And it's not bad armor. Remember, mm-hmm. Saul's armor won Saul battles. It was yeah. good armor. It mm-hmm. just wasn't his. Yes. Um. So, and the final thing is, I think that God's raising up 
a company of prophets and prophetic people who keep hungry, teachable, and accountable. Mm. Game changer. Mm -hmm. Keep hungry, 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 hungry. Mm -hmm. I can't get enough. I can't get enough of God and his word. But also teachable. Stacey, you can talk into my life anytime. Pastor Corey can, Sally can, my dad can. Many people can. I Mm -hmm. I welcome it Mm -hmm. because I've always said I don't want to be right. I want to know truth. Yes, I don't want to fight to be right. Mm -hmm. I want to know truth because freedom is attached to truth. Mm -hmm. And blind spots are blind spots for a reason. We need people to come into our lives that, hey, that's not quite right. Mm -hmm. I welcome that Mm -hmm. because I don't want, I want to stand before Father and just, Mm -hmm. I just want to receive his smile, but be accountable. And so I just think God is removing the Lone Ranger, put us in a company of prophets with his Mm -hmm. safety protection and he's looking for purity of integrity expression and motivation amen steve the lord is just bubbling up out of you and it's inspirational thank you for joining me today i would love it if you could pray for our collective of prophetic people for us to walk in purity and in ways that please the lord just go for it thank you thank you father thank you father Lord, we say it's all about you and today mm. realign to that as a foundational, unshakable truth. It is about you. In you we live and move. Mm-hmm. Lord, everything that is eternal, eternally worthwhile is of God. We are children of God, people of God. It's the gifts of God. It's the grace mm-hmm. of God. It, it's not of me. It's not of Stacy. It's not of the listener. Mm-hmm. So, Father, we come back to the purity of of God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it's not of God, we don't want it. Yes. If it's not of God, we don't want to declare it. Mm-hmm. If it's not of God, we don't want to pursue it. Mm. The legitimacy of our lives is that it's of God. Yes. And so, Father, I pray for every person listening. Lord, if there's any blind spots or, Lord, any anything that is... There's deception and even through good intentions. Mm. Father, would you just shine the spotlight mm. of your love, your grace, and your truth. Mm. Reveal it, Lord, even this moment. Lord, if there's any motivations of wanting to be seen or noticed or positioned to, to be seen or heard, Father, I pray that today we just repent of that. We repent mm. of drawing attention to ourselves when it should be about connecting people with you. Yes, Lord. Father, I cry out, would you help us to be pure mm-hmm. in the personal and the public that the integrity of our life pleases you mm-hmm. and it blesses people and the purity of our expression that is purely 100% from you. Mm-hmm. No addition, no subtraction, and that the motivation of our life is God, your love for people. Mm-hmm. We We don't want to be a source of limitation. We want to be a source of your kindness and your joy, your limitless ability to, Lord, take people that are common, that are ordinary like myself, like the Apostle Paul, Lord, like all of us, and through us, oh, God, reflect your glory. Mm. I ask that your glory may be seen in and through us. We ask this for your name's sake, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Steve, thank you for being you. Thank you for all that you've imparted today. Thank you for your friendship, for your leadership, your wisdom. We are so grateful for you. Thank you for having me. It's Mm. an absolute joy. It is. We could talk about it all day. Hey, listeners, we're so glad that you're here today as well and that you're joining us for this collection as we look at one of the really important words released over 2023. Next week, we're going to continue uh, breaking down this word, applying it to our lives. And today in the show notes, you're going to find a link to some more resources from Steve McCracken and Sally McCracken, who's got a wonderful book, as well as David McCracken Ministries. And so make sure you check those out. But once again, so grateful you joined us today and look forward to talking with you again next week on The Prophetic Collective.